welcome to the January 2021 episode of the Family Tree Magazine podcast. I'm Lisa Louise Cook. Now, if you like free genealogy stuff, you are in the right place. Because in this episode, it's all about the free stuff. I'm going to be sharing some of the best free stuff that you can get your hands on over at Ancestry.com. And then your DNA guide, Diane Southard's going to be here to talk about transferring your DNA results from one company to another. It's a great way to get more matches and save money. And in the best websites for genealogy segment, we've got even more free stuff. Author Dave Frixell will be here to share some of his favorite free genealogy websites. At the editor's desk, we'll chat with Andrew Cook, the editor of Family Tree Magazine, about heaps of free stuff that you can get at FamilyTreeMagazine.com. But first, let's kick off this episode with one of your inspiring genealogical success stories, and we will do that in Tree Talk. today's Tree Talk segment, Family Tree Magazine podcast listener Ken Bonvalet writes in to share how online technology is helping to connect him with relatives and the stories of his family's history. He writes, in 2019, I joined the French website Gianette.com and posted my father's family tree. He's French on both sides. Early in 2020, I received a note from a second cousin once removed in Besancon, who lives near my grandmother's birthplace. My father, who was proud of being 100% French, would have been thrilled. Skype has been a miracle for us. We've exchanged information, stories, and photos. Most of our photos are the same and we have started to piece together the story of why my grandmother would travel alone to the U.S. at age 19, where she met my grandfather. Her continued correspondence with her family, who lived in the midst of the fighting in World War I, caused her great anguish. She eventually wrote a frantic, disjointed letter to Jane Addams at Hull House in Chicago, pleading for help. My cousin and I hope to continue to research into my grandmother's new life in the U.S. and the challenges that she faced. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Ken. Now, Ken mentioned a French website that he was working with called Gianette, and that's G-E-A-N-E-T dot com. I'll have a link for that in the show notes. How amazing that he connected with a living relative in France today. And gosh, it turns out that they share so many of the same photographs. I can see why he was thrilled. And hey, if you have a story that's been thrilling you lately, one of discovery, or perhaps you've had some challenges with a brick wall that you've overcome, we'd love to hear about it here on Family Tree Magazine. So email me your story at familytree at yankeepub.com. If you're not currently an Ancestry.com paid subscriber, there are still many reasons to use the site, and some of the best are the free records and indexes that you can find at Ancestry.com. There's a couple of ways to do that, and so let's dig in and talk about 
what you can find for free and how you can go about finding it. First of all, there is a web page on the site called Free Index Collections. You're not going to find it through the main menu, but I've got the URL for you. It's ancestry.com slash search slash categories slash free index a com. I know that sounds a little complicated. I'll have it for you in the show notes. And what's interesting is that over the years, I have found that uh, the URL has changed. So if you're listening down the road, as you often can with a podcast, and if for any reason, this link doesn't take you to that website, you can go to google.com and type in free index collections ancestry. And it should come up as one of your top search results. So at this free index collections page, you're going to have a couple of things. You've got a really nice detailed search feature here for you. So you can, like you would with other types of searches, put in first names and last names. uh, But you can add lots of details, birth, death, uh, where your ancestors live, divorces, a military service, add family members. So there's a lot of fields to kind of zero in on. But if you're not sure, or you just kind of want to get a good overview of what the free stuff is, you'll notice that in the upper right hand corner, you'll see a link. And right now that link says view all collections included in this search. Now, if you don't see that again, things do change. Scroll down the page because below the search section, which is really a full screen size, you'll find a really long scrolling list of data collections that are included in this search. And these really cover the gamut. Now, good news, they're alphabetized. Uh, They're going to start with collections that actually begin with numbers, and then they'll start in with the alphabet. Now that in itself, uh, if you're just browsing could really be helpful. If you're looking for the state of Alabama, you're probably going to find that of course, as Alabama, and under a so it's gonna be towards the top of the list. But that's not always the case. So here's a little tip for quickly finding whatever it is you you're looking for when you're browsing the titles of all of these free collections and indexes, use that find on page feature that's built into your computer system. I use a Windows computer. And so I do Control F. And that just pops down a little search box at the top of my browser. And there I could type in, let's say Alabama. And that way, it's going to jump to the um, alphabetized collections. And of course, the first ones it's going to hit are the ones that say Alabama as the first word. In this example, there's Alabama US coal mine fatalities 1898 to 1938, a really niche type of, you know, collection of records, but it's free on Ancestry. But if you scroll down, you'll notice there are other titles highlighting in yellow using this search feature that also include Alabama. So if you were looking for records for Birmingham, Alabama, you're going to not find those listed under Alabama first, you have to scroll down, you'll notice that it says Birmingham, Alabama, so it's under B. Scroll down even further and you find a couple of more. Here's Huntsville, Alabama. So don't count on looking through the list and just going by the name of the state first or the name of the country. 
use the find on page feature because that's going to grab that keyword on any of the titles on this very, very long page. Now you're going to see that there are green buttons. Well, they look like buttons, but they're not really buttons. They're like tags. There are green tags next to all of these different collections and indexes. This is because when you're normally looking through the card catalog, most of the items that you're seeing there are for paid subscribers. But when the collection is free, you'll see the green tag. Well, of course, on this page, everything's free. So everything has a tag on it. There are two different types of tags. You're going to see free, and then you'll see free index. Free would be an actual collection of digitized records. So for example, they have a collection called the U.S. House of Representative Private Claims. When you click on that link, you get a search field. Now this one is just for the collection that you've gone into. But the good news is you're going to probably pull up actual records. I'm going to enter in a last name. Ah, now if you've never been an Ancestry subscriber or had a free account, what you're going to be hit with right off the bat is going to be to sign up for a free account. So yes, in order to use the free collections, the free indexes at Ancestry.com or really any of the free features, you need to sign up for that free account. Once you do that, then you're going to be able to uh, tap into these free items. Now, I mentioned that there were indexes as well. Well, several years ago, Ancestry began incorporating these off-site indexes into the search system. And these are known as Ancestry web indexes. And there are hundreds of them pointing to literally millions and millions of records on other websites. Officials at Ancestry have said that uh, Ancestry web indexes pull together a lot of databases that are already online from repositories all over the world, like courthouses and archives. They index them because we, they have found that people may not know their ancestor was in a certain region at a certain time. And they may not know about that website that has just posted those records. And of course, what you don't know about, you can't find it. So Ancestry is kind of helping to uh, give you a little boost to help locate these records. One of the interesting things about accessing these indexes through Ancestry instead of over at the original hosting website is that you might have a better search experience at Ancestry than you would at the original website. So some websites that host databases or indexes, they don't offer very flexible search parameters. So for example, if you were searching for Beth Madison or E Madison, and maybe you had some different spellings, uh, it may not recognize Elizabeth Madison when Ancestry might catch that. Results from Ancestry web indexes point you to the host website to see any additional information that's available, like digitized images and source citations. So those images are not gonna be found on Ancestry that you will click over to that hosting website. A subscription to that site may be required to learn all that you want from it, but just knowing that the data is available is really nice. Now you might be wondering, doesn't Google bring up all these same results if you're doing a keyword search on your ancestor's name? Well, not always. Not all indexes are Google searchable. And even if they are, Google may not present them to you until, you know, 
the 40th page of a search result, and you're never going to find that. So Ancestry specifically targets genealogically interesting databases, and your results there won't include things like LinkedIn profiles or Facebook pages. So what are you waiting for? There's a lot of free stuff over at Ancestry.com, and the free index collections is going to help you find it. Again, head to the show notes for this episode. It's the January 2021 episode of the Family Tree Magazine podcast, which you'll find at familytreemagazine.com slash podcast to get the link to this terrific free resource. Well, if you've tested your DNA you might be thinking about getting your raw data into another website's database. Because of course, the more places you get your data, the better. But how do you transfer your DNA information? That's why we have your DNA guide, Diane Southerd here to help us with this question. Hi, Diane. Hi, Lisa. A lot of people, once they get past the initial hurdle of the testing, then it's all about, well, what else can I do? Can I transfer this somewhere else? What's the process here? Yeah, well, I think the first question that we need to make sure and ask ourselves before we even get into transferring is why are you transferring? While yes, it makes sense to, we call it, you know, fishing in all the ponds, right? You want to find as many DNA matches as you can. And that's true. And, and, and there are likely matches at other companies that you haven't seen before. And that might be very exciting. But on the other hand, you are creating more work for yourself. So do you really need more to do right now? <laughs> but If you decide you just want to try it and you want to make sure you're everywhere, uh, transferring is definitely the economical way to go. And you say economical, so it's like we're avoiding having to purchase a test at every single company. So then that begs the question, well, do all companies allow you to transfer and how do you know? Right. Yeah. So no, that's the the short answer. You can't transfer into every company. So as you mentioned, a transfer is just taking a, what we call the raw data file. It's this list of letters and numbers that's generated by your testing company, the company you actually gave your saliva to, right? So they generate this file. Well, then this file can be read by other companies. So to transfer means to take your file from the company where you actually physically tested and give that file to another company for them just to analyze. So you can only have your DNA. Your DNA can be present in every company for sure. But if you want to transfer, you can only transfer into MyHeritage or into Family Tree DNA or into Living DNA. So you cannot transfer into Ancestry or into 23andMe. You can transfer out of those companies, but not into them. And that's a good point. No matter where you test, you always have the rights to your own raw data, right? For sure. And you should download it and save it on your own computer, even if you're not going to transfer it anywhere. It's what you purchased, really, or part of what you purchased. Um, You purchased the actual running of your sample to create the raw data file, and then you purchased the analysis. And speaking of purchasing, transferring your DNA into Family Tree DNA, MyHeritage, or Living DNA is absolutely free. Wow, that's that's a great deal. And do you have access to all the different tools they have to do the analysis side? Are you kind of getting like a a light version? Well, it depends on which company. Everybody's doing it a little bit differently. But at every company, you get the most important thing for your genealogy, which is your match list. 
everybody's providing that for free. You get the opportunity to, to contact your matches if you want to reach out and ask them questions or collaborate with them. That's all included in the free transfer. Other features, um, some tools that different websites provide, access to ethnicity results, that kind of thing is kind of on a company by company basis and you, it's kind of a la carte. Uh, you can pay for it or not. But the most important reason to transfer is to find a new match and you'll be able to do that for free. And you could check whatever the offerings are and maybe do an, an upgrade where you're not paying the whole cost of the test, but you could do a small fee and then get the rest of the tools. I guess that's what you mean by, do you really want to test? Because that's a whole lot more matches, right? It is a lot more matches. And you <laughs> already have, what, 4,000 at one company. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing about, um, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, I've never really played slot machines, but I hear <laughs> what happens is you just think, oh, just one more time, right? One more time and you're going to get the, the lucky winner, right? And that's kind of how this feels. Like you need, sometimes you need specific matches on specific family lines. And if you could just find that one second cousin or that one third cousin who's taken a DNA test, it really can like blow your research wide open. And you just don't know where that one person might have tested. And so you just might want to try over there at my heritage or family tree DNA just to see. Well, you know, most of us, our mantra is more is better when it comes to genealogy. So <laughs> sure, you'll absolutely. definitely get more. Wow. Okay, great. So many different options and maybe some new options that people listening didn't know about. Thank you so much, Diana. We appreciate your expertise. Absolutely. Anytime. Well, a new year is a great time to get back into genealogy. And of course, why not start with the free websites? Uh, author Dave Frixell is here. He's got some great free websites from the recent Best Free Genealogy Websites article. Hey, Dave Frixell, how are you? I'm doing fine. You're right. There's nothing better than free. Exactly. And some of these might be reminders to people. Some of them might be new to, to folks. Uh, always worth revisiting. Let's jump in. I know you had uh, lots of free websites on the article, and I'll have a link in the show notes to it. Well, what's the first website that people should be checking out for free? Well, then most people probably know this, but it's worth re, you know reemphasizing the amazing Family Search website um, from the Family History Library. I mean, it has digitized so many of the things that formerly you used to have to go and you know scroll through microfilm. Um, to see. And they're adding stuff all the time. Uh, it has all sorts of features, including the online family trees, online catalog. But what really gets me going back to it back over and over again is the data that they have actual documents just for every country. Um, and so many of them are searchable. If they're not searchable, you can at least browse them. So, I mean, it is just an amazing resource that just keeps getting better and better. And I will really find myself alternating, like working back and forth between family search and then paid subscriber ones like Ancestry and MyHeritage and so forth. Um, and the, the one, two, or three combo um, is really effective because they do have uh, records that you can't find anywhere else or that you can't find out anywhere else for free. Exactly. So that's family search. And I, and I agree. Even when you find a record on one of the paid sites, going and seeing their digital copy of it, sometimes there can be even difference in clarity between the two records from the two different websites. And of course, I love the wiki 
you know, when we need research help or we need oh, to know where goodness. to look next, gosh, the wiki now is part of FamilySearch.org. It's so useful. You know, I find myself in doing Scandinavian research for me in my Swedes or my wife's Norwegians. I will look up the parish in the wiki. Yes. And there's all kinds of information like what are the farm names in Norway or, um, you know, what other place names are included in there, what records are available. Just something as basic as that, it suddenly becomes just, you know, super useful. And I love personally working with historic newspapers, and I see that you have Chronicling America from the Library of Congress on this list. Tell folks a little bit more about that. Well, again, there's some very good subscription-based you know, newspaper products that are useful for genealogy. This, however, is free. It's from the Library of Congress. And it's, I forget the exact count, but it's something like 12 million pages. Um, and they're growing all the time, so it's maybe more than that. And has their Library of Congress is digitizing these U.S. newspapers. It's searchable, plus you can search an index of the newspapers to see if, you know, your uh, ancestral hometown paper is there. Uh, and I have used it, for example, they have, I have ancestors in uh, Moline and Rock Island, Illinois, and they have the papers from there, and so I've used it to find obituaries. You can also find kind of funny stuff like, you know, ads um, that might, like if your ancestor owned a store, you can find ads for your ancestor's store. Um, and it really gives you that glimpse of daily life, as well as the key things like, Weddings and you know, particularly obituaries are, you know, of course, really um, useful there. And again, it's free. Uh, and you can start searching there. And then, you know, if you strike out, then you can turn to the various subscription ones. But at least uh, you'll know you've given it a shot and you have a better sense of what is available, you know, out there. I agree. Why not hit the free one first? And then you go backfill with the, the subscription stuff. And um, I noticed that they were saying now on their website that the digitized um, historic newspapers are from 1777 to 1963. But as you mentioned, there's also that U.S. newspaper directory that you can search from the Chronicling America website that goes all the way back to 1690 to the present. So, boy, you can find newspapers anywhere just using their portal. Right. And, you know, you mentioned the images and the advertisements, photographs we've seen in newspapers. I recently talked about a new tool that came out of the Library of Congress labs called Newspaper Navigator. And, um, in fact, I'll have a link in the show notes uh, in episode 26 of my YouTube show, Elevens is with Lisa. We went in-depth. I talked to the developer of that. And it's an amazing tool, Dave, to be able to just search the pictures and use artificial intelligence to do it. It's really cool. I'm writing that down right now. Yes, Newspaper <laughs> Navigator. Next to one best websites, we'll be, uh, we'll be mentioning that. Excellent. That well, and it was news to me that they had a labs, which is kind of neat. A lot of these websites yeah. will have places where they're developing these new tools. Now, you've got one called Gen Disasters. I guess we, we have lots of different uh, disasters our ancestors may have been involved in. What is this site about? Well, I have this sort of peculiar fondness for this site because it's a newspaper site, um, but it's entirely of stories about disasters. I, maybe it's because I have a Dickinson ancestor who died in, uh, rather colorfully in a tornado in Alabama while he was preaching. Um, oh, wow. The tornado struck. Um, and so you can, if you have an ancestor killed in some bazaar or involved, not necessarily killed, um, you know, floods, fires, tornadoes, gin disasters 
for some reason, has gone to the trouble of gathering the uh, newspaper stories that detail this. So you can find out, you know, what really happened to your ancestor. Were there others involved? Um, you know, how exactly did they uh, did they perish or did they survive? Uh, and so it's, it's a fascinating little glimpse. You can search by disaster. You can search, you know, by more conventional um, sorts of ways. Um, but often, I think you have family stories that say, "Oh, great great grandpa so and so, you know, died in a tornado or you know was whatever was in a fire," and you don't know if that story is true or not. That's you know, so often the question gets passed along, and maybe it's just a story. Well, here you can find out. Oh, indeed. You know, great-great-grandpa got sucked up by a tornado in Alabama um, right from his pulpit. So, you know, you can uh, – it's a great place to check out those, you know, that family lore and see what the truth is. It's it's a fascinating site. And I, I see you can search by state, as you said, disaster, but also by year. And it even says here that it's not just the U.S., it's Canada. So very cool. GenDisasters.com. And if, if nothing else in this, you know, disastrous – uh, year we can uh, you know take a little comfort that we're not the only ones who've had bad things happen to <laughs> exactly. us. Exactly, exactly. Now I know you've written a book on Scandinavian research. I bet you have a free website that'll help out the Scandinavian researchers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Digital Archivet, which is from the uh, Norwegian archives, um, is I think really the best of them. Um, you know, obviously there are Danish and Swedish sites. The Swedes tend to charge half Swedish, so. Uh, you know, I can't explain that whether we're just being thrifty or something, but the, the Norwegian one is all free, and they are digitizing just like crazy. Um, they have parish records. It's really good, particularly good for censuses, and there are a whole bunch of different ways that you can search it. Um, I like to go in and there's a find source, so I'll go in and fill in the parish, and then it will show you all the sources that it has online for that particular parish, and you can narrow it down by year. So you, you know, okay, I'm looking in this parish in, you know, 1812. Uh, okay, here's what I've got, you know, to work with. Um, or you can just search the whole collection. You can start typing in a name of a person combined with a parish, even a year, and it will pop up the uh, most likely results. So the searching is super powerful. Um, the digitizing is extremely good. Um, and the availability of this search some of these things, which, let's face it, you know, when you're just dealing with the old-fashioned microfilm and scrolling and stuff, can be pretty tedious and eye-strainy um, otherwise. But here it's like, you know, wow, it's, uh, it's terrific. And again, I've used it in combination with my heritage, which has um, some good uh, Norwegian records, yeah. um, to go sort of back and forth. Um, and I find a clue in my heritage, and then, oh, well, I'll go look it up in Digital Archivet. And I've really, you know, pushed my wife's family quite a ways back uh, using that sort of technique. So it's it's very cool. It's amazing that it's free. Wow. Now tell people the name of your book and, and where they can get that. It is the uh, Family Tree Scandinavian Genealogy Guide, and it's available, you know, in bookstores or, um, you know, on Amazon, published by uh, Penguin Random House. Wonderful. Now, um, you've got one of my favorites on here. It's Internet Archive slash the Wayback Machine. I know the Wayback Machine is one of the tools on the Internet Archive. Tell us what, what, what are some of the fun things and your favorite things to look for on that site? Well, the, the main Internet Archive site is cool because there's a lot of digitized material there. 
um, almost too much. I mean, it, it, it's just sort of this wealth of stuff, um, and but it includes family histories, other kind of histories, um, even like old radio programs, that sort of thing. Um, I but the Wayback Machine is particularly cool because it has been capturing and archiving um, old websites. So if you think about when you came across that website about your, you know, your ancestors, and it was really great, but it was hosted on, you know, one of those uh, hosting platforms that no longer exists, so now it's gone. Right. What happened to it? Well, the Wayback Machine probably has it. It probably has snapshots of it, you know, four, five, six times. Um, I, I used to um, run a website for Microsoft called Sidewalk, which now is, you know, long vanished. So I can go back to the Wayback Machine and see, you know, our, all, all our old work. So it's, it's okay. a very cool thing. And so often, there, you know, there were all these hosting platforms that in the early days of the Internet, um, you know, popped up, and a lot of them didn't survive. Um, right. Same with a lot of commercial sites like mine. And uh, yet they, they still live there in the mysterious, you know, archives of the Wayback Machine. So it's worth a, you know, worth a look. It's it's good to see that they're making that effort to preserve it. That is part of the history. That's part of, you know, um, what we left behind and, and want to get access to again. And, of course, Internet Archive, which is at archive.org, um, they also have what you mentioned, the old videos and audio. I, I helped one of my listeners find some old audio from a, I think it was a military radio show back in the 40s and wow. their mother was involved in it and singing and it was just amazing oh my goodness to find it there and and they've got other standard items for genealogy like city directories so i agree that's a perfect one for the list and i think you've got one more here for us this one's really all about just how to find wherever a book might be or other types of material this is like the world's library catalog, right? Yes, WorldCat, um, which is not specific to genealogy, but it's mighty useful. I mean, just as a quick example of how it works, um, one of my uh, distant cousins wrote a, uh, a thin book about the Frixell family and how we came over from Sweden. And to find a copy of that, um, you can search WorldCat um, for uh, the, the title or for Paul Frixell, the author. And it will not only show you the details of the book, but will tell you what libraries it can be found in, in ranked by the closest to you. So, it, and you know, you can search, I happen to know about this book, but if you think, well, yeah, I wonder if someone has ever written about, you know, my Smithfield family in Hampton, Virginia, I'll search for Smithfield, Hampton, Virginia and see what pops up and maybe there's a there's a book that someone has done a lot of work on and you didn't even know existed and it will tell you you know where it is so it's just a very cool tool um, for literally billions of volumes uh, indexed across the entire world uh, so even if it's not close you may be able to get it from interlibrary loan or you know next time you visit the family in Denver or something gee the Denver Public Library happens to have that book I'll go and finally get a chance to take a look at it. But you would never know it was there if not for WorldCat. And again, it's free. Yeah. What a wonderful kind of prep tool to kind of prepare the research that you're doing. And I know that they've partnered with FamilySearch. So they're also cataloging 
all their books. So you you kind of get to see all the family search books in conjunction with other volumes that might be associated or um, available closer to you. So wonderful, wonderful resource, worldcat.org. Okay, so we've got Family Search, Chronicling America, Gen Disasters, Digital Archivet, the Internet Archive and the Wayback Machine, and WorldCat. Lots to keep these folks busy. Thank you so much, Dave, for sharing all these and, great free and websites. And that's really just scratching the surface. So, exactly. So uh, something worth taking a look at the article online. Yes, I'll have a link in the show notes. Thank you again, Dave. Good to talk to you. Happy New Year. Thanks. Before we wrap up this episode of the podcast, let's head on over to the editor's desk, where Family Tree Magazine editor Andrew Cook has all kinds of free stuff for us. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Lisa. Great to be talking to you. Oh, you too. Welcome to 2021. We're all glad we're here. And I know that you guys offer, of course, the magazine subscription. You've got a great product, the the VIP subscription. But you've got all kinds of freebies for our listeners as well, don't you? Tell us about those. Yes, we've got a lot of great things on our website, even for folks who uh, don't have a paid subscription. Obviously, the podcast is one of them. Our listeners might know that you can listen to every episode, all 145 episodes. Oh my gosh, 145 already. Yes, yes. You can listen to them all from the website, familytreemagazine.com slash podcast. And you'll see the full archive there, plus show notes going all the way back to that first episode in June 2008. So that's a real treat for anybody who wants to uh, catch up or revisit favorite episodes. And they kind of coordinate with the different uh, issues that came out over the years. So that's always fun. You get to hear from lots of the, the authors. Now, we know that there's the VIP subscription on the website, but there's free stuff on the website, too, in addition to the podcast, right? Yes, and you can access uh, all of our freebies from the free resources tab of the main toolbar. And there you'll find some quick reference guides and charts, some free ebooks, and then uh, we're really proud of our collection of dozens of typable forms such as our five-generation ancestor chart, our family group sheet, various different kinds of trackers uh, and organizers that'll help you get your research in order. And uh, because they're typable, you can download them, uh, type right into your Adobe program and save or print the file, whichever uh, you prefer. And just we're always looking for new forms to add and updating old forms. So a great resource there that people can access. And you could keep the blank version on your computer and then just make new copies to create different forms and fill them in in different ways. There's, those are a wonderful resource. And there's a free way to stay in touch with Family Dream Magazine, right? Yes. I know Rachel was on the podcast last episode yeah. to talk about our weekly Genealogy Insider newsletter. We do have that, of course, and we also have our uh, daily newsletter, if people would like that option. And each newsletter is a digest of various articles from FamilyTreeMagazine.com that our editors have selected, and there's always at least one and often two free articles listed in there. Terrific. And how about social media? Because I know a lot of people are on their social media, and you guys have such a wonderful interactive audience who help each other. Yeah, we've got Facebook, we've got Twitter, we've got Pinterest, we've got Instagram, we've got YouTube. It's, uh, you know, whatever platform you're on, we're there, and they're all free. And we'll have links to uh, all of our different profiles in the show notes. 
I enjoy the discussion questions and kind of seeing people's comments and people sharing their stories. We get to share some of them here, um, sometimes in our tree talk segment, but uh, it's always fun to get a little inspiration on a daily basis. Yep. And we love hearing from people and chatting. So be sure to check us out and uh, check out all the cool stuff on our website. Well, I'm going to have a checklist for all of you listening and the show notes for this podcast episode so that you can get all these freebies and kind of tap into Family Tree Magazine on social media and all those terrific free forms and also sign up for the the newsletter. And of course, listening to the podcast. Hey, Andrew, always good to talk to you. It's going to be a terrific year. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa. hope you enjoyed this January 2021 episode of the absolutely free Family Tree Magazine podcast. If you have friends who love genealogy and they love free stuff, well, why not share this episode with them? Hey, it's easy to do. All you have to do is tap that share icon in your favorite podcasting app where you listen, or you can send them the link to the show notes page. You'll find the show notes for this episode at familytraymagazine.com slash podcasts. And the show notes page, of course, is where you're going to find the details and the website links for everything that we talked about in this episode. Again, that's familytraymagazine.com slash podcast. Now, if you're listening to the show through a podcast app like Apple or Google Podcasts, would you do us a big favor? Give us a five-star review. You know, your reviews help other people who would love to learn more about genealogy find this show. We'd love to have folks join us here, and we really appreciate the important role that you play in that. So thank you so much. And thank you for joining me today. I'm Lisa Louise Cook, and you can visit me over at my website, genealogygems.com, where you can listen to my Genealogy Gems podcast. And of course, join me over at youtube.com slash genealogygems for our YouTube live show, Elevenses with Lisa. Until next time, have fun climbing your family tree.